Thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited. You all, for those just kind of tuning in, it's kind of come along. I'm watching to make sure the past couple of times, that one right there. I always listen to my devotional before we come on, and it never fails as I get like 10 seconds into my intro it kind of nags at me. And I love it though. And I don't want to say nag. It reminds me of the same power I had at 5 a.m. when I woke up. And when I woke up, Coach, I'm going to tell you right now and everybody listening, I get so excited every day, but definitely the days that we're going to have these podcast calls. The servant leader we have on a day, I was just telling her, I feel like we're definitely blessed by obedience. And in obedience, when I didn't understand why Christ gave me this assignment three years ago, I realized three years later, and even today, that I get to sit in a seat to be sharpened by iron every single day, like it says in the word. And so we've been celebrating three years, y'all. For those that's been tapping in with us, you know, we've been coming from the fourth quarter, put your fours up, what it looks like to serve until Christ's return. And I was telling the servant leader we have on today, uh, I'm going to put this plug in here too, y'all. You know, baby girl Ham is one of her top recruits right now, already at the age of one, little lefty shooting guard in the making. <laughs> but we just like, truly just been talking about that iron sharpening, what it looks like to serve. And today we have servant leader, Coach Stephanie Murphy with us, y'all. I'm super excited. I, I am coach because I've watched you even since the last time that we had things scheduled, she sharpens my iron, y'all. It seems like just even the other day, Coach, when you sent that worship song, it was right on time. And that's how I know God is real because you didn't even know. And it came right on time. So I'm going to thank you publicly for that. But she's the head coach at Kahoma Community College for the women's basketball team. She's a servant leader. I know I've watched her. She's very uh, intra, uh, instrumental in her FCA program there too. So y'all, I'm a hush because honestly, I already know the Lord is going to use her because we've been praying her up and holding her in. So I'm going to pass the torch to you, coach. I want to first though, thank you for your time because time is that one thing that once it's given, we can't give it back. So I'm going to pass the torch to you. Say hello to our listeners. We get this conversation started today. Uh, hey, listeners, I hope everybody had a great day. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, I'm excited about the opportunity to be on the Servant Leader. Uh, Chess, I, I promise you, I'm truly honored. Uh, like I said, I love your messages, your tweets. I love what you're doing with the podcast. And it's just Thank really you, been coach. talking about iron sharpening iron. Like you, you sharpen me. That was one thing I saw on Twitter. I was like, man, I, I really like what she's doing. So I appreciate the encouragement that you give me uh, through your videos as well. Uh, Thank so, you, Coach. Thank you. It's blessed to be here. And uh, I, I think God has something that he wants to share. And I've been on it. Like, he's had me in it for about three weeks straight. And I, I think I'm ready to 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 give what he, I think he's putting on my heart for the people. Yes. Well, Coach, I done put my blue emu and my biofreeze on my knees and my ankles. And I was prepared for y'all. <laughs> so we are ready to hear. And we're going to pray you through this, Coach. So we appreciate you. Okay. All right. Let's let's dive in then. Um, what what I'm coaches what you said, Chelsea, about um 
how you've been the being being obedient has brought mm-hmm. about able to do the podcast and when you said the blessed by obedience that's kind of really leading into what i want to talk about today nice um, i kind of got a little message title a little bit kind of got some baptist church in me so i feel like i like I- that <laughs> Uh, so I want to kind of talk about uh, if I had to come with something that favor finds the faithful. Come on, favor, favor finds the faithful. I've been I've been studying Daniel for th- for like the last two weeks straight, and I'm gonna tell you what happened. I, it's been three weeks. Uh, three weeks ago, we were in FCA, and because basketball season ended. Um, you know, we were traveling on Wednesday, so I missed the last two uh, uh, FCAs that we had. So when I got back, you know, the baseball coach, Coach Biggs, he and I leave together. And he said, Coach, what we've been doing, we've been studying, uh, we've just been going back and studying Bible stories. Uh, you know, just going through it in small groups and studying Bible stories. So that particular night, you know, we were going over Daniel. And, of course, when everybody thinks about Daniel, they think about Daniel being thrown in the lion's den. That's just, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Everybody yep. knows in story is Daniel being thrown in the lion's den. But what Rob, what God really had my heart on was Daniel one through six. It didn't even get to the part of Daniel being thrown in the lion's den. So if I got time, I'm just going to um, just read a little bit. It says that it pleased Darius to say, and I'm in a Daniel chapter six, verse one. It said it pleased Darius it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 100, 120 governors to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them, three high officials of whom was one to whom the governor should give account so that the king might suffer law. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and governors because an excellent spirit was found in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the governor sought to find a ground a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground or complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error was found in him. And so I was just, when I, when I, when we were talking about it, you know, like during the lesson at FCA, you know, God just had me stuck on Daniel one through six. I just, even though I, even though I've read it so many times, it was something so different and so challenging and so convicting about this on this particular round. And it's saying, God, what, what is it that you're trying to show me through the, through these, through these six, uh, these six verses. And so what I told, what I, what I challenged the group and I told them that I was being convicted as I was, as I was reading, as, as coach Biggs was reading. And I was, the, the part that got me was Daniel's character was so high that even though the other gov- even though the other two governors were trying to find something against him his character was so high and he walked in so much integrity that even though they was looking for something they couldn't even find anything my, my. and i was just i was just so blown away just by that part and so i remember just driving on the way home and i was like god i really want to have a character like that i, w- I want my walk to be that sound and, and have that type of faithfulness towards you. And so, you know, God, God is honored in the daily. He's, he's honored in the, in the daily things that we do, you know, that we don't, that we don't really think about. Um, Luke verse 16, this is another verse I want to give out. Cause I want to just want to hit on three things. Uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 10 says, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. So it's like, can God trust you with more? Mm. You know, will, will you be faithful in your daily walk? 
you know, can, can you be, can you be honest enough to where even the smallest things you still trying to bring God glory in even the smallest things, the very detailed things in your daily life. And that's exactly what Daniel was doing. Daniel was just working, you know, like they, he, they hired 120 people to be over the kingdom. They put three, three people to pull to put over the 120. So Daniel was just one to three, but because he worked so hard, he was so faithful. He was honest in all of his dealings. They, he wasn't doing anything illegal or corrupt. He wasn't cheating. He wasn't stealing money. Uh, he wasn't trying to get over. He wasn't, he wasn't off when he was supposed to be working. You know, so he, he was so faithful in the small things. Yes. That, that this is, and this is the blessing that comes within that. It says that because Daniel's spirit was so, was so high and his spirit was so excellent, it said that the king had planned to put Daniel over the whole kingdom. Daniel didn't even know that the king was planning this. That's why the other two governors got mad and started hating. Because they found out that hey, come on, but the king about Daniel over the whole kingdom, and so they, you know, they they weren't feeling that. But Daniel really had no idea. He was just doing his own. He was just doing his own thing over here, being faithful over there, working uh, over there, like looking over everything he was supposed to do. So if we just walk in what God has called us to in the small things, then God is God is we're showing that we can be trusted in the bigger things and that God is, and sometimes God can be planning bigger for us. And we don't even know it. If you just, if you just stay attentive to the small things in your, in your daily life. And so, so I've been walking around um, the last, the last two weeks when I get to school in the morning, or if, I'm, if I'm at home, uh, I wake up and I read uh, Daniel one through six and I walk around and pray because it's, I just want to focus on having integrity for, 24 hours. I said, God, when I first read, I said, God, I'm really challenged and convicted by this, but I really want to live my life in some way that it honors you and that it brings you glory. And I said, this is a lot to take on for the rest of my life, but I know if I can focus on it one day at a time, then I, I feel like I can do it on you. It's something I want to do forever, but life happens. So just help me in these 24 hours. And so then I wake up and I try to do it again the next day. So it's so it's narrow so it's narrowed my focus to be the best person that you can be for God, being faithful and working uh, in all the small things and honoring Him one day at a time to try to live a life that's uh, that's honorable just like Daniel's was. Mm. And so um, the next story of of favor finding somebody, I love this story too. This is the this is the story of story of David, um, and David is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And so this is a, uh, the first time we hear about David is in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11. That's the first time David even comes on the scene. And that's where Samuel is going to look for another king because, again, Saul, who had that position, lost it because of his character. So now, mm -hmm. it's, time to go get it. so now it's time to go get another king. So he, he sends Samuel, Samuel down, of course, to Jesse's house. He's looking for somebody to anoint. And uh, so Samuel is there. He has six sons in front. So, of course, Samuel's looking at the outside. He's looking for somebody strong, probably somebody built, somebody that, that, that got the swagger of a king. That's so right. <laughs> he's just passing by, and, and God is like, Samuel's like, no, like, this ain't it. So uh, Samuel gets to the next. Surely this is the Lord's anointing. Like, this this got to be him. He, he looked like a king. And he was just like, no, this ain't it either. And so uh, he, gets to the, he, he gets to the final one. And he said, he turns back to uh, Eli. He said, is this, Jesse said, is this all of your sons? And he said, there's, he said, no, there's still the youngest one. He's Come out. On. 
he's still out there. He's out there tending the sheep. And so when I, I, I love to say, like, if you're going, if you're looking for me, I'll be out there tending the sheep. That's kind of one of the <laughs> like I want to be out my I want to be out minding my own business doing what the Lord called me to do and so because because David was out there doing his job he was doing what his father had told him to do you be out there and you tend the sheep so whatever was going on in the house it wasn't important enough for David to leave those sheep out there where they were so it's like you out you go out there you tend the sheep and so when he said he said go send for him we ain't gonna sit down until he comes like we're we gonna wait until he gets here. But this is what this is what God showed me today. And I want I want you to think about this, Chelsea. What if David was not out there with the sheep at the time? Come on. Come on. Think about it. Come what on. If he, he was out doing something else. Out roaming around, out playing with his friends. I'm going out to eat. Oh, I got a I got a little little shepherd girl over here. I'm gonna go holler at, you know, like mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm just I'm all distracted to where yeah. He's not with the sheep when Samuel comes. He would miss, he would miss his whole blessing, his whole kingdom, because he was coming out there to anoint the king. He was supposed to be with the sheep. He was exactly where he was supposed to be, doing what God had called him to do and doing what his father had told him to do, and that was tending the sheep. And because he was doing what he was supposed to do and he was faithful over the few things, favor found him. Come on. Sometimes, sometimes we go out and we looking for favor. Like we go out and we looking for the, we looking for the next thing. Come on, we coach. Looking for the, we looking for the big thing. But you haven't even shown God that you can be faithful in the job that you have, or in the small things that you have. That's why I always make a, a mention of there is no such thing as a small job, you know, because to God, to God, it's important. So if this doesn't matter to you. Why would God trust you with something bigger if what you have that what you consider small or this just beneath me? I'm just doing this kind of to pass by until I can get to something else. So if that's the way you're going to look at the small thing that he's giving you. Why would he trust you with something bigger? Amen. And so that's what I that's what I go back to. the He who is faithful in a few things will also be faithful in much. And that favor finds the faithful. If you're just faithful to God. If you're faithful and obedient in the small things, doing doing the doing what God has told you to do, favor will find you. You ain't got to go reaching for it. You don't have to go searching for it. And none of those circumstances with Daniel or David, did they go looking for God? Or did they go looking for favor? Or did they go looking to be the, the next king? Or did they go, uh, Was he, Daniel wasn't looking to be put over the whole kingdom. He was just doing his job. And so what I want to challenge the listeners with today and, and what I'm still trying to challenge myself with daily, I promise you, I've read this. I have read this for the last three weeks straight. This is mm -hmm. all I'm reading now. I just read Daniel chapter uh, chapter six, verses one through six. I don't even get to the part about him being thrown in the lines there. I just want to focus on Daniel's character and his integrity and his faithfulness. And because of his faithfulness and him, I just throw this last part about him uh, being thrown in lines. I get this in. I like the part when the king, when he was trying to make sure that Daniel was okay, because the king was struggling. He didn't want Daniel to be thrown in because Daniel was his guy. He trusted Daniel. That's right. That's he right. He said that Daniel has the God that you serve continually been able to serve you, been able to deliver you. Come on. He knew. He was watching. The king was paying attention. He knew Daniel is serving God continually on a daily basis. So the way the way we work can bring somebody to Christ. 
Come the, on. The way, the way we go about our daily business could draw somebody to Christ if they see the way we just going about our daily walk, our daily business, our daily, how we deal with our uh, our, our coworkers, our, our bosses, the people that we what we perceive to be underneath us, whether it be a trainer or a student, like even those things, how we deal with that can draw somebody to Christ just about how we walk in our daily life. So um, that's kind of what I had uh, on my, you know, on my, on my notes. Uh, I don't really know what goes on. <laughs> you good? Listen, because what happens is the fact that one God is moving through you. And then of course, naturally he, he gives these confirmations and, and I'm laughing because one, I found myself having these conversations about two weeks ago, right? That sometimes we force the gift. Right. I told somebody that I said, you forcing it. Like you can't make what's not for you for you. Right. And you definitely can't navigate hate or maneuver in a negative way because what seems like somebody else's favor that's on them hasn't made it their way to you. I right. laugh because this morning, that's why I'm smiling the whole time that you're talking is confirmation, confirmation, confirmation. This morning in the past two days, I've been kind of reading on, um, you know, just miracles of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And I said this to uh, coach uh, Bernita Jackson at Texas Westland. She was on the um, last week. And I said this to her and I said, you know, it's funny if a person doesn't know Christ, right? Just read them his resume, you know? And one of the, she said, y'all just, I would suggest maybe start in John, you know? And if you do that, you'll kind of see some of those things. I said, you'll see his resume. That's what I call that. I mm -hmm. said, because if you imagine when we get a job, or we go for the, the next thing, or we're trying to go to the next position, what are they asking us for? Our track record. Right. Mm -hmm. And that track record of God allows me to know that he's going to come through when it's for me. Amen. I had, you know, your little recruit is my first child and I had Hendrix early, right? And we know full well that, you know, when babies come early and they're not full term, sometimes they don't get developed certain things, you know, and closer to term is very few things, but we know what happens to a premature baby that's born, right? Right. So I always shift and tell people with their blessings or their gift or their assignment or whatever the case may be, I don't want a premature blessing from God. I want it when it's done and when I'm ready. Ready for it. Come on. Right. And sometimes what that looks like doesn't feel good. Sometimes mm -hmm. it feels like I'm waiting forever, but his time is not our time. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And so when you came with this, I was like, come on here. That is total confirmation. Yeah, because I promise you sometimes and I, and I know I've done it before, like in my life, I was talking to one of my one of my former players today and, you know, I, I got about 25 years on her now. So now I can talk to her about all these experiences that I've been through and just. That's right. Hey, God is I was like, hey, it's it's, it's, it's going to be OK. Like God is God is going to work this situation out for you. Like you, you're going to be OK. You're going to be fine. Um, but that's but that's sometimes sometimes we want things too early. And I told her, I said, look, I said. I said, there's a song that I listen to called God, thank you for the no. Come on. There, there are some things that I promise you we don't need to have. Come we, on. We're praying for things sometimes that will be to our detriment. That we're praying for things sometimes that honestly we are not ready for. And God knows that we're not ready for it. To where it needs to be something developed in us 
or maybe where we think we need to be, that may be a bad place with the, the, the people over there where you're trying to go or who you're trying to get with. It's like, so sometimes God, like God, not sometimes, God in his sovereignty Come on. knows when to say, no, you're not, you don't need that. You're not ready for that. You don't need to go there. Stay here or go there. But we get, we get impatient. Mm -hmm. um, Charlotte Smith said uh, at the FCA, at the FCA breakfast I went to at the final four, uh, they mm -hmm. had a, non-denominational service oh the, the message was just amazing I, she really she preached i love her i love her <laughs> first time absolutely preached and she said sometimes we want to take the pen come on that's the problem she said we don't want to let god write the story sometimes we want to take the take the pen and i know i used to be so bad at that and my faith has grown tremendously since i've been at Oklahoma in these five years and i think that was a part of me coming was for my own spiritual growth because I, it took faith, so much faith to get the program, like I said, not out the mud, out the cemetery, to get into where it's, it's, it's a good program. It took so much faith and so much work that I had to believe God for that, because that wasn't something that could be done in the natural. That's right. And I remember I remember my nephew-in-law, and uh, my family calls me, my family calls me Shay. Okay. And I was talking about some different things, and he was like, Shay, he said, your problem is you you too concerned about the details. Come on, you know, they like do that. You, you believe in God, you're asking God for something, but you're concerned about the details of how it's going to happen. You know, you want to know all of the details of how it's going to happen instead of just giving it, giving it to God and whatever God does, he just does. Yeah. And so that's one thing I've learned to do now is not to concern myself so much with the details. Come on. It's just like, God, you got it. I trust your end result. And I'm just going to walk in. I'm just going to keep on walking. And I'll just I'll just be over here, minding my own business, being faithful, tending the sheep. <laughs> so that's kind of how I like to how I like to I look like at that. that. I like yeah. that coaching. You know, I told somebody the other day, and it's you know how sometimes we speak to our players or our coaches or those people that we mentor and lead, and then you say something and it backfires because you'd be like, ooh, <laughs> okay, God, I see what you did there, right? Mm -hmm. And I was telling them, you can't micromanage God. No, you can't. How are you going to micromanage the manager? Right. That, you know, it just doesn't work that way. And when we do that, and I'm glad you said that about the details, because we do, I love uh, Coach Charlotte Smith. She's a servant leader. She's been on. You have to find her episode. Um, she, she, she's awesome. And then, but Coach Corey Close, she's another one. She said something similar. And she talked about, she said, you know, each day it is my prayer that I give God my hands and I give him everything in it. But my biggest prayer is that I don't try to take it back. That is how she opened the conversation. And I was like, oh, coach, you can, I can just hit in right there because that's a word in itself. She said, no, honestly, Chelsea, in everything that we do, because in this world, we're moving along and we're in charge of so many things. It's so easy sometimes, though, it's a very fine line that we fail to, to forget, even though I'm the head coach, even though I'm the leader, this is my assignment and there's somebody over me. And, that's, and that's, that thing took me. It took that's, me. That's good because I, I know and I've, I've recognized at the times in my life. And one thing about me, like I have good self-awareness. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not a, a person that's just oblivious to my own flaws and mistakes. Like I got, we laugh about it all the time. I always tell my coach, I'm, I'm self-aware. Like I know my limitations. <laughs> but at the point of my life where I felt like I was trying to just want to make sure everything went the way that I was used to. It's just like we, we look at life like a practice schedule. Come on. You know, when you're doing a practice schedule, you every every second from 
the, oh, the, yeah. the stretching and the warm up or the opening talk all the way to every water, <laughs> water break, the ending, the closing, like the closing things, you know, like the, the, as you said, bring it in is even on the paper, you know, like yep. it's on the paper. So it's like every single second and every single detail is you, you planned it. Like you sat yep. down, thought about it and you planned it out. And I said, I think I've been wanting my life to go like the practice schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just want to do it. I want to just sit there and it's like, okay, this, 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 at this time, I'll do this by this age, this should happen, you know, so. And oh, then, yeah. And so then when, then when it don't go like that, you looking at God, like, you know, like, God, what's, like, what's up? Like, I thought this what you would, I thought this what you were doing. It's like, no, this is what you were doing. Like, so, <laughs> so I, I, know, I know God has had some, some laughs at me because, I, I, I kind of got ahead of God a couple of years ago. I, I thought I, I thought I knew what God was doing. I was like, oh God, I see what you're doing. I, I see what you're doing. But then when it didn't happen, it's like, God, I thought, I thought this was lined up for this to happen. It was just like, no, this is what you were thinking the whole time. I never, you know, God had never planned, had never told me that any of that stuff was gonna happen. And so um, but yeah, it's uh it's a it, it really is an amazing thing. But this one thing I'm I'm enjoying more in my life now, the surrender. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm really really enjoying the surrender it actually takes pressure off you it and you're more at peace when you don't try to, when you don't try to figure your whole life out or even the next day it's actually more peaceful if i would have known 10 15 years ago it was actually more peaceful just to trust in the beginning to trust the outcome of god and not try to not try to trust and do uh then i was like man i could have i could have had a lot more better days of not trying to figure everything out uh, but it's been, but that's been a, it's been a growth though. Uh, and I'm just thankful that, that God is still, still challenging me, uh, still convicting me and that I still have the desire to really want to be better and, and really follow after him and just to be, just to be an even better, a better leader, a better follower of Christ and to really be sensitive to hear his voice. So I'm, I'm thankful for even those, uh, the challenges that I can read Daniel and 10 years later, you get something completely different. So mm-hmm. that's lesson within itself for sure i mean much like a movie and a song right you know i laugh because even the song you sent me you said i played it i know i'm on 10 the 10 times over right and we do that like movies and we do that like shows and you pick up something different each time but you also pick up something differently with your perspective and with your growth and maturity right and so much like anything else i laugh because having hendrix having a child in general and people told me this but like now that it's happening it's like y'all right it changes your thought process. And it's like how God has used her to bring more clarity to what he's saying to me, right? Mm -hmm. And it's almost like I hear him like he right there because he does it in a way through her because that's where my attention is. And I always say, God, you're so faithful for that because truly trying to still make sure that I give him time, right? That that it definitely is first. That just looks different. He says, okay, I'm gonna meet you where you are. Here's this little person that has no idea she's doing it, but I'm going to show you things through her. And it's amazing how even when you you place, when you talk about Daniel and saying, I'm just going to be out there tending the sheep. Coach, in this, this career, and you know this to be true, there's jobs where people feel like, mm, nah, that's beneath me. Right. Oh, so, you know, everybody wants to go to high profile or favorable or do things without order of him. I want to move a little bit, speaking since you've been on Daniel, moving in that and, and, and speaking about being where God has assigned you and called you when he's ready to bless you. 
Talk a little bit to the coaches and the leaders who, what you were just saying, we're trying to write with the pen. We're trying to know the details about truly how to move yourself in a place to be on his assignment, knowing that call from him and being obedient to stay there, right? When it doesn't seem favorable. And, and I guess I'm leaning towards most of that discernment piece. How do you use discernment to know when God has called you to assignment and even when it's difficult, staying there until he moves you? I think I think the discernment comes from the relationship with God. Come you on. know, one one thing, I, like I said, I, I got saved. I gave my life to Christ when I was sixteen, and so I didn't grow up in a in a. I didn't grow up going to church all the time, and so one thing that that afforded me because my mom worked at a country club, and so she worked every Sunday. So we didn't really go to church like that. We only went to church on like Easter and like holidays, and so other than that, we were just kind of like out and about, like on Sunday, just. Uh, you know, just not, just not going to church. So, so when we started going to church, one of my aunts got saved and gave her life to Christ. So she started taking all of her nieces and nephews to church. And so that happened when I was around, you know, 19th grade. And I think the fact that I wasn't uh, churched, you know, didn't know how church was supposed to go. Come on. I used to always just be in my room, just mm -hmm. praying, praying and just talking to God. I didn't really know kind of, it was just like, I was going through a lot. Uh, I started learning about Jesus and I just fell in love with Jesus. He was so loving and so compassionate and he loved everybody. He was everybody Jesus came in contact with. He just loved them. And that's what drew me to Jesus. Was that he just, he loved everybody. And I feel like at that, at that point in my life, being a teenager and just kind of going through different things, I really didn't have anybody to talk to. So I started talking to God in my room. I would just lay in my bed and just kind of talk. To God and we're just praying and just hoping that he heard me and so that's kind of how the, that's kind of how the relationship started and so so what I would always pray was like God put me in a place where I can hear from you so I used I started praying that I started reading the Bible a lot so that was one thing that I picked out so I still pray this God set me in a place where I can hear from you and mm -hmm. so this is another uh, story when it talks about moving moving and going or whether you should stay somewhere when I started reading about the children of Israel and when God was leading them out of Egypt, the Bible says that he led them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Come on. I'll move. They moved. When the clouds stayed, they stayed. So they knew like, Hey, if, the, if they look up there and the cloud was like moving that day, oh, it's time for us to move. If the cloud mm -hmm. wasn't moving, they stay. So I was just like, God, I started praying this early when I read this. I said, God, I need you to lead me just like that. Mm. I don't have to be trying to figure a whole bunch of stuff out. I need you to lead me just like you led the children of Israel. I need to see almost like a cloud. I need to know that it's you saying, okay, move, go, stay. And I think because I was so specific in that, not just wanting to be just jumping all over the place. And I really wanted to make sure that I was in the purpose of God. I always knew when it was time to when it was when it was time to move, he always made it really really clear when it was time when my assignment was done. But it was because I didn't have happy feet, you mm. know. All the time, like a lot of people call, and I'm gonna tell you something, Chester, that's amazing to me. People reach out to me for advice, and sometimes I ask myself, I said, I wonder do she does she know that, that she knows I'm a junior college coach, you know? Because they seek they seek me out, like I've like done like you know like you. You big time almost a little bit. And I was just like, people really see you differently than how you, how you see, how you see yourself. But um, 
you know, I, I just never, and I told them, they was talking about, you know, hey coach, how, how did you get that job? How did you get that job? How did you get that job? Like coach, you always get the good jobs. I was never looking for the job. Mm-hmm. You know, I started out doing middle school basketball, seven and eight grade basketball. Mm-hmm. You would thought I would pass something. <laughs> I was so faithful and working so hard in that, in that middle school job. I just, I was just loving on my, it was my first job and I was just loving on my middle school kids, just working hard. Then the, the coach asked me to come and do ninth grade for. Mm-hmm. So I'm in ninth grade, just enjoying it, still loving on the kids. Then it's like, boom, okay, I think I might can, can try to do this job. So mm-hmm. no experience, step out there, somebody see, oh, she she got something in her. She 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 don't know what's going on, but she got something, she got something in her. And so people just so I will be here. Then somebody would just call me to come here. Then somebody would just call me to go there. And then somebody would just call me to go there. So I, I was never in a, in a situation where I was just out, just, just really just, just looking. And so I try to tell them, just be, be faithful. Just be faithful where you So the, the best advice that I give them is like, just be faithful where you are. Mm-hmm. Be, be faithful to what God has called you to. And then when he, when he, when it's time for him to elevate you, he will, he will elevate you. You know, so I can't tell somebody, oh yeah, this is a step for you to get here, 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 because I know that wasn't, I know that wasn't my step. It wasn't my process. I was being, I worked just as hard now as a junior college coach that I was working when I was at Tupelo Middle School. That was my first job. I'm not working any, any harder as far as like the way I approach what I do. And so I was faithful doing middle school. I was faithful doing ninth grade basketball. I was faithful as an assistant varsity coach. I was faithful as a varsity coach and I'm faithful as a junior college coach, but mm-hmm. nothing changed in the process. I never looked at any job like, oh, I'm just doing this to do this. Cause that's what a lot of people go wrong. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm doing this job to get this job. That's no, right. do that job to the glory of God and do that job for the purpose in which you were sent there. And so God may have in store. Yeah. you God already knows. Yeah. Your next step. I'm going to send you there. But your your feet don't need to be in, in ten in ten different directions while you while God has called you to a certain place. Oh so I just like to be be just just be faithful in the in the place in the position that God yeah. has called you to. Because we're seeing examples in the Bible that you don't have to go far. David minding his own business. The anointing comes to him. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the next job, and it was a big job. You know, he went from it's almost like. <laughs> from a, a, a junior high school coach to a power five you come know, on I'm, I'm tending the sheep to king you know so that was a that was a big jump but you know just even even with daniel like daniel was just doing daniel was just doing his job just being faithful yes. over, just being faithful over the few things so i think if we would just allow allow if we can just see god god is present everywhere and there can there can be glory and goodness found in every situation that we're in, but sometimes we want to skip the steps. We just want to skip the we want to skip being here. It's like, oh, I'm gonna really be, I'm gonna really honor God when I get here. No, you can honor God right now while you coaching junior high. Come on. You know, treat treat the junior high job like it's like it's a power five, like it's a like it's a D2, like it's a D1. And then you, you know, then once God see that, he see your heart and your motives are right, you know, because mm. It's, you know, even with the re- the reason that all, all of Jesse's other sons weren't required to be king, he said that God, you know, you looking at our appearance, God looking at the heart, you know, God knows our motives. 
some sometimes sometimes we miss blessings because our motives are wrong. We're not we're not doing it because we're really trying to help somebody or we really love what we do. We're doing it so we can try to get to we try to get to a next step. And so I can see through all of that. And I think God, God is looking for hearts that he can use, Mm. you know, hearts that are going to be that are going to be faithful, you know, faithful to him and his in his business, his doing. And so, um, you know, there was there was a story we used to meet. I was really involved in FCA when I played basketball at Ole Miss and I loved our FCA group. It really it really strengthened my faith when I was in college. We had a football player named uh, Bill. I can't, I can't think of Bill's, Bill Flowers. He played wide receiver. And Bill wanted to go to the NFL. And I remember in, uh, in all of our, our leadership groups, uh, Bill would always say, uh, I believe that it's God's purpose for me to glorify God in the NFL. He would say that all the time. Like, that was Bill's prayer. I want God. I, I feel like God's purpose for me is to glorify him in the NFL. And our, our FCA director, West West Year, he told Bill, he said, Bill, he said, God wants, God wants you to honor him on the practice team. Wow. He said, God wants you to honor him right now on the practice team, on the practice field. You know, you, you can honor God right now, right where you are. And so that was one thing that always, I, I never forgot that. I never forgot this. Like, you know, yeah, we, we look at, oh, God's giving me this stage. So I can really, I can really glorify him with this platform. You can glorify him on the platform you have now. Come on. No, so that's that's how we should that's how we should go about it. And if God gives us something bigger, you, it, you should still have the same the same mindset and the main and the same focus. Like I, I still I'm still gonna be consistent in, in my daily walk and what I was doing in the beginning because what we're doing in the what we're doing right now is what's gonna cause the favor and God's trust to give us to give us something bigger. We we can't skip over the we can't skip over parts to get there. Oh, that's so uh that's so good. Again, confirmation. I was talking to a young athlete today, just today. And I laughed because he was mentioning something that had happened in practice, okay? Mm -hmm. And I always listen to them and I try to meet them where they are, but I try to change the perspective. So I'm a teacher and I'm a coach. So I get to talk to them and try to open their mind to the side of, I'm not your coach, but let me speak to you as if I were. So he told me something that he had done. I said, okay. He said, I know you're going to get on me. That I'm not judging. I said, but I just want to, I want to ask you this. I don't even need your answer. I just want to ask you this. He said, okay. I said, would you have done? I said, if you had any choice where you could go, no matter. D1, D2, JUCO, NAIA, whatever the case may be, where, where would you want to go? He said, I want to stay here. I want to go to Florida State. I'm in Tallahassee. I said, okay. I said, so coach Mike Norville, standing on the hill, you don't know. And he's your coach. And he says to you exactly what your coach right now said to you. Would you have responded the same way? Almost before I could get way out my mouth, he's like, no, no. I said, so so because your current coach is your coach, it made what you said and did okay. Mm, That's good. He's like. I see what you did there, coach. I see. I was like, no, I'm just asking. I don't want to answer. I'm finished. Go back, finish my assignment, but I want you to think on that. And then we move forward. And he said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said, 
what made you say that? I said, baby, because if you're not prepared for where you currently are, you'll never be prepared for where God is ready for you to go. And that was right. huge confirmation. It was so funny because he didn't say anything else. He went back to my assignment, but I'm watching his eyes. I'm watching his face. And he kept thinking about that thing. And it's That's amazing a- because he's a young person. But how often do we do that, coach? We do it. I'm telling you, coach, like, I, I really enjoy I really enjoy coaching. Like I mm-hmm. really coaching basketball and I, I love, I love kids and I know, but I'm, I'm real too. Like I'm honest with my kids. <laughs> Same. I said, you want God to bless you with a four-year scholarship. You won't even work hard in Juco. Come on. Come on coach. And I just, I'm just, I just try to be honest with them to see like you, you really, you really want another, you really want God to, to bless you with a scholarship or you you thinking that you're going to get another scholarship and you don't even work hard here come on you don't, you don't even work hard in juco come on so extend that out to high school coach extend that extend that out to high school right like you you don't work hard in high school but you want a college coach to come pick you up it's the it's the same and so that's what i try to tell them all the time is like y'all it, it's you can't you can't switch it up you know you you're asking for something that you First of all, you're asking for something that you you don't deserve. You ask for something that you haven't even prepared yourself for. And, and I do believe that there is a part of a preparation to where there are times we need to put some put some feet on our prayers. As and I heard somebody say, put some feet on your prayers. Come on. So you do have to do, you're praying for something, but there's some things that we might need to do to kind of like, hey, all right, God, I'm trying to show you that I'm, I'm serious about it. Um, but 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 to be asking God for something. And then there's no type of preparation or or work or you or you lacking it. And then you again, it's like, but God, I want something bigger than this. It's like, come on now. I, and I know God may be looking like, man, y'all just really tripping. Down. Well, my you kids say, bruh. <laughs> yeah, bruh. Like y'all, y'all, y'all are really tripping if y'all think that this is how this, this is how to go. Like this, this is what I like to say too. I said the only thing. That, that that we that we get that we don't really deserve is grace. Come on, everything else you got to work for. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. We can't work for grace. I don't deserve. I don't deserve grace. That's Come free. I'm, I'm I'm free and I'm thankful because there's nothing that I can do. Jesus has already done all the work. There's nothing I can do to deserve His grace. But the other things that I'm asking God for in my life, I'm not going to cheat. I can't cheat somewhere else, and then and then think that God is going to trust me with. Trust me with the bigger thing that I that I'm that I may be believing or dreaming for. So I just believe in uh I believe in consistency. I don't think we have to help God out. You know, God is God knows everything. He knows that <laughs> you ain't ready for that. You like because I uh I, I say all the time, I said people don't people don't want what they say they want. You know, it just Come sounds on. it just it sounds, sounds good. Yeah. yeah. People don't like people don't want what they say they want. It just sounds good. That's why I know when my kids be talking about coach, I want to go. You know, get a scholarship. I want to do this, but you don't want to even come in and get on the gun. You don't come even want to come. On. You want to come in and shoot, and again, a gun gonna rebound for you. Like you don't know. You don't even want what you come on, to. coach. So, uh, but it's again, it's 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 those it's those steps that it's it's the steps like the the line and the bare faith. You know, mm-hmm. David confidence because hey, I defeated the I defeated the bear, then I defeated the lion, and so it's like now I'm ready for the now I'm ready for the next thing. So we got to have that, you know, that, that lion and the bear of faith. It, it takes some action to, to, to go with that. That's so good, coach. And you know, it's so funny because even those stories and those accounts in the word that reminds us of how God can use anyone, but he's using the ones that actually, like you said, tend, are tending to the sheep. 
Mm-hmm. And I laugh because if you look at anybody, coach, leader, people who quote unquote achieve or reach the highest of the highest summits in their respective places, they'll give you those conversations like from there to then, from rags to riches. I was here and then this just kind of boom, took off, right? And I said, there's a commonality of that, y'all. That's not by happenstance. Most people say, well, no, I was just doing this small show. And next thing you know, somebody called an XYZ. Oh, no, I was just a single, you know, mom from such and such, such. And this happened. I was the youngest. We didn't really have nothing. But I made sure rather if I had holes in my shoes or not, I was still outside playing on the ready-made goal. It's individuals that, like you said, regardless of their situations, they put feet right? They put feet on their prayers. They right. didn't let those things or have excuses. Like you said, you got a whole gun out here. It, you ain't got to have nobody rebound for you. The gun right. will do that, right? You had a gym. You have all of these things afforded to you. You say you want a scholarship. And I tell my kids all the time, okay, let me tell you what that entails. They don't say, coach, I want that old. I'm like, this lingo of these kids. I want that, that old coach. I'm like, what? <laughs> that offer coach. I'm like, okay, so do you know what comes with that offer? I said, because I want you to understand what does offer mean? Somebody is offering you something, but I need you to understand it comes at a cost. It comes at a price. It is a two-way street. I need you to understand that. So don't think that you just getting this O and then you want to get it posted and tweet it and shout it out. You know, the graphics are just getting, you know, these kids, right? That's what they want. Yeah. But at the end of the day, baby, when that's gone and you arrive, and your feet land wherever you committed and signed to go, the work comes in. And at that juncture, much like you said, if those things, some of us pray for things, we don't even think we, you know, we think we want them. We think we're ready. And then it comes. And that's why a lot of times I'm speaking in sports sense, right? But in life in general, we think we want these things and then they come prematurely or we get them without seeking God. And it's like... Yeah, okay. We, you know, we don't know what it entails. I remember when I got my first head coaching job at Meridian High School. I was I had no idea what I was getting ready to get into. You know, I was the only I had only been coaching two years. I did middle school and I was an assistant with varsity. But I wasn't seeing all of the the the, the issues with parents or the or the, the stuff with <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to take you don't have to take care of me to that stuff. And mm-hmm. so praying like God, please give me this job. Praying like it was probably an hour and forty-five minute ride, two hours, whatever, whatever time it was. I was praying the whole two hours, the whole time down, asking God to give me the job, and He gave it to me. And when I got in it, I was like, Lord, God, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't ready. Like I wasn't ready. That's right. That's Ooh, right. It was rough. I was just like, man, I did not realize like how hard it was. And I had to struggle. <laughs> like, it was almost like, it was like God was just like, I, okay, I'm gonna give it to you. You know, you praying for it. And I'm, I'm gonna give it, to, I'm gonna bless you with it. But you know, I had to, it was, I had to struggle through it. It, it, it was not easy by, by any means that I can look back now and just like, man, you weren't ready for that. You know, like, you know, there, you, you, you had no, you had no clue. You were not ready for that, but you know, it, it, it turned out, it turned out well, but there was an instance where sometimes it's like, we're praying for things. And sometimes God will give it to us. Oh, yeah. You're not, but it's like, no, you're not, you're not really ready for that. Hey, Coach, it's so funny that you said it because I want to extend out to something I was, one of my biggest prayers. And like we talked about when we first got on is, you know, when, 
the pandemic started and, you know, it started literally talking about these things, just me doing a devotional. And the Lord is like, well, you tweet these people and you talk to these people on social media all the time. You are missing your opportunity. Have you asked them to do this devotional with you? Like you are missing uh, contacts. What do they say in touches? When they in marketing touches, you're missing touches. And I'm like, mm, and I kind of shook that off. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not asking these people to do no devotional with me, right? I got locked out of my house, coach. This is a story. I shared this a couple of times in pretty much anniversary time. I got locked out of my house, right? It was my brother was coming to pick up his kids, my niece, my nephew. I come back in the house and the door was locked. I'm outside. I'm like, so I'm sitting there waiting on the people to come in, let us in. And I get back in the house and it's like, so you're going to do what I say, do or not? I'm like, I hear you, fine, sweating, hot, fine. So I go get in the shower and I come back out and I'm like, boom, I'm doing this, you know, devotional, who would want to join me? Coach over 47, surrounded to 50 coaches attached to that plan. We did it for seven days on servant leadership, serving and leading like Christ, what it looks like, especially in the time of pandemic where no one saw this coming, no one had experienced that before in this lifetime. And now three years later, it looks different because the world, we're not on shutdown mode anymore where you could just be free at home all day, but it does extend itself out to now you've called this same young lady who at first was not obedient to just Uh simply asking people to join a plan. But I promise you this now, coach, when he moves and says, hey, I need you to ask, ask her. And I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) coach, I don't know. I mean, she coached such and such. And it's like, you want to try this again? Because last time it was just getting locked at your house to get your attention. But I say all that to say is that amazingly enough, when you put your feet to your prayers, as you said, when you recognize that it's not about your assignment. You can't go and try to do something on your own and then ask God to back you up. Oh, that's good. Many times we do that though, coach. We uh, navigate the way we want it to be. Oh, I wanted to do this and, I would, and it'll be great. And I'm going to plan this out. I'm planning this out. And then things fall through and it's like, oh Lord, can you please help me through? Well, wait right. a minute now. Did I ask you to do that in the first place? Yeah. Oh, I'm so tired. Lord, I got so much on my plate. Well, first of all, Half of what's on your plate was not what I assigned to you. Right. So at the end of the day, we have to make sure not only we put some feet with our prayers, but much like you mentioned with your discernment, it's knowing the assignment giver. One of my students was not in class for two days and they asked their seatmate what we did. Now, you know, these jokers don't always pay attention. And she ended up doing two assignments that I did not assign to them. So she came to turn them in and I said, well, what is that? And she said, oh, I was gone. And they told me this is what we worked on. I said, who told you that? Well, so-and-so and so-and-so. I said, sweetheart, no, I asked them to look at that to refresh refresh up their memory from the weekend, but you were assigned this and this. Man, I didn't know that in XYZ. Why didn't you ask me? Well, I don't know. I asked them. Well, sweetheart, I gave the assignment. If you ask the person that assigned the assignment, there would have been no confusion. And so often, coach, we go and ask other people. We lean on other people. We consult other people. And what I was reading this morning about Jairus 
um, his daughter and the whole miracle that God worked, of course, with raising her from the dead. One of the things that stuck out to me and I drew underline, drew arrows to it was so often we focus on what the crowd says. Right. Yes. When Jesus is the one that's perfection and can do the things that we, we were asking and praying for, yet the crowd starts talking about what we can and can't do, what we should do, what you should go. You should apply for that job. That sound like you, girl. You got you written all over it. Who did you seek and consult? Because the last time, much like my student, where you're getting the wrong information, the true assignment that's assigned can only come from the one who assigned it. That's good. That is that is that is really amazing because I know like I I know me in a way I try to process things. I I can't like when I when I know I'm trying to hear from God, I just gotta tune them. I just have to tune people out. That's it. We'll try to you know try to guide you and direct you and, and kind of tell you what you should be doing and where you need to go. But I, I I got a history of hearing from God, so I know I know God's voice. Come on. You know, so I, I got a history of, of, of communication and talking to him. So I, I feel like I always know when, when he's speaking to me. And so I don't ever try to fight with people about, you know, uh, you know, like your voice and my voice and which one I'm going to listen to, because I, I know I'm going to do what I know I'm going to always do what God has told me to do. And I'm and the first thing that I do is seek God first. You know, I may talk to some close friends, but I ain't talking to close friends before I talk. To Come on here. You know, you know, I may run it by you, but I'm seeking God. Come that's, on. That's how it works. Like you, you, I'm not looking to you for the answer. You know, I'm, I, I may, you know, I'm, I'm seeking God for the answer. I may just run it by you because we're close, but yeah, I'm not, um, people just need to understand that because they don't know, you know, people don't know what God may have in store for you and, you know, trying to, and they may be in their thoughts may be good. You know, they, they may mean well, but you know, God means well. Amen. You know, God means well. And so I'm, I'm just going to trust, I'm just going to trust the, the, the maker of everything and the person that knows me better than anybody else, then I'm going to take over the word of somebody, you know, just that I would just consider a close friend. So, um, but, you know, but God is, God has proven himself faithful to me and he hasn't given me any reason. He hasn't given me any reason to doubt at this point that he's going to start doing something different. I, I, I was praying about a couple of weeks. I said, God, you know how me and you roll? <laughs> you know, that's how I talk to God. I said, you know, <laughs> I've never, uh, you know, you've never left a whole lot for me to try to figure out, you know, so let's not start now. <laughs> you know, let's. <laughs> I like <laughs> that. Keep doing what you've always done. You've always been like, boom, this right here, you know, uh, so let's, let's just, let's just keep it like that. So that's kind of how I, um, uh, that's just kind of how I like to, to pray and seek God and, uh, just try to go about it that way. I love that, Coach. Oh, I love that. And more than anything, you know, as we start to kind of wrap this thing up, as I'm I'm reading this, and I, I want you to know my notes over here, I was trying to turn my pages because I got pages. I was trying to turn them real, real quiet so they don't come on, you know, real ruffle. But more than anything, Coach, one of the things we've been talking about, celebrating three years of what God has done, taking athletic professionals from all walks of life and what started, like I said, as a plan and now move through almost, almost 200 different coaches and athletic professionals that stand here, sit here, record here and say, listen, much like what you said, I may run it by you if I like it, but I'm seeking Christ. 
I win championships because I sought out Christ. I'm now the first this, this, and this, this, insert the attribute in the sex or gender or race because I sought out Christ, right? I've done this and this accolade and made history because I sought out Christ. And in this fourth quarter, we know coaching every single sport that we play that fourth fourth quarter. I'm helping out with uh, a coaching golf, uh, not golf, I'm sorry, bowling. Um, the golf coach is also one of the coaches. And now the last frame, right? We have our strongest bowler in the last frame, right? That fourth quarter, we turn up the pressure. We may go grind out a little bit more. That coaching and that 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 push is just a little bit more. And we've been working on the theme the fourth quarter and what that looks like for servant servant leaders to to serve for the return of Christ, right? And as we're working on that and moving and forging forward, I just want to ask you as a servant leader, give some advice to that person. I don't care if they're a coach. I don't care if they lead. I don't care if they follow. I don't care what they do. But in this fourth quarter, where we speak about this man, that as you said, you hadn't left me with much to figure out. So let's not start now. The same man that you said, I'm going to tend to the sheep because I know he's going to find me there if I'm where he called me. The same man that you've built a relationship with that even when you weren't going to church, right? That's the true thing that I want people to catch, that you built a relationship with him because you sought him. And as the word says, you'll you'll find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I need you to speak to that person that for some reason is is multifolded sometimes, that one, I may just not know him. Mm -hmm. Two, I may have known him, but I was hurt by something of this world or some person of this world, and I've run from him. We're Mm -hmm. speaking about this man and you see, I'm getting passionate about it because I know what he's done for me. Amen. Talk to that person, coach, and maybe just even one, but talk to that person, coach, about just the goodness of God and the importance and the realness of knowing who he is and accepting him for who he is as our personal savior in this fourth quarter. Well, whoever you are, you know, out in the world listening to the podcast, or if somebody, somebody shares it with you. That's why I put on a uh, tweet today that um, grace and mercy pursuing me all the days of my life. You know, the Bible, yeah. says, Bible says that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I made sure to put on the end that there is hope, you know, that there is hope. Um, I love Jesus so much because I have realized how much Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus has loved me through everything through jesus this is a thing jesus has been consistent when i wasn't consistent come on jesus had jesus was still with me when i was straying away from him so everything that jesus said that he would be to me in my life at 16 years old he is still with me at 45 he is the same i've changed a lot in that in that time period but jesus has been the exact same person that i fell in love with as a lost low self-esteem, insecure teenage girl, just looking for love. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wanted affirmation, mm-hmm. you know, someone. I was just looking for affirmation because I didn't have any, any, any in for, my, in for myself. So when I met Jesus, uh, one of my favorite scriptures that say, says that when Jesus saw the multitude, he had compassion on them Come because on harassed and helpless or lost and helpless like a like a sheep without a shepherd and so jesus is full of compassion jesus is compassion jesus is love 
And it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you're looking for. Often the things that we're looking for, Jesus is the answer. Come on. We're just trying to fill it and find it with all these different things. And it's still leading to emptiness. It's still not, it's still not fulfillment because Jesus is, Jesus is the fulfillment. Jesus is the love, the compassion, the consistency that we, that we all long for. Like he is that friend. Um, and so I just think Jesus is a cool guy. You know, I just, <laughs> I just think Jesus is just cool. I've never met anyone like him. And, it, and I think that's still what, what fascinates me even to this day that he is just so understanding of who, who I am mm-hmm. and how, how much I've changed. And even on the days where there's frustration and I know that I, that I failed him, does he even still able to look beyond like all of those things and see the heart of a person that's, that really genuinely, genuinely loves him. And so if you're looking for someone that's going to always be there, I recommend Jesus. If you're looking for someone that's not going to be judgmental, I recommend Jesus. If you're looking for somebody that you can talk to, I recommend Jesus. If you're looking for somebody that can guide you and give you hope, I recommend Jesus. And he he is just he is just the greatest and he's just he's just waiting. Like he's just he's just he's just there. Like he's not going to force himself on us, but he wants us. Like he he wants us to come to him. And he's always he's always near to us. He is so close to us that we don't even know. Come on. And he but he's he's drawing us. He's drawing us to himself. But I think some sometimes, you know, we sometimes we run away from him. Mm-hmm. But he been he's always been in the same position. So uh just 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 give it a try. Like I said, you don't have to be churched. You don't have to even go to church right now. It's good to be in the fellowship of believers, but you can meet Jesus outside. You can meet Jesus in your room. I, I got close to Jesus just in my room, just in, in, in the room talking. Uh, just, just trying to really, just trying to figure it out. Didn't even know at that point if, if everything was just as real as, as I thought it was. I just know that it was confident to me to know that I can talk to someone that way and share everything with all my dreams, all my hopes, all my fears and everything and be able to talk to him and, and feel an answer and feel confident. So uh, he is there and there's hope. And he is just really uh, not even a, we didn't even got to get on the phone and, and, and shoot out a text. Like it's a matter of just just opening your mouth and just say like God I need you, or Jesus I'm lost, and it's it's just that it's it's just that simple. Like he he is he is ready to rush in with compassion and love, just like he did with everybody else. So you're no different. No matter who you are, what you've done, you may think you're the worst of whoever. You might think you don't deserve God's love. None of us do. None of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for for some reason he he loves us, and it's just this it's still mind blowing to me that. For, for everything that we are because we can hide stuff from other people we can't hide anything from christ but he still loves it and he still loves us that that still just blows me away but i, I would just like to leave with that part i'm speechless i just you know it's just something about him that takes your breath away and when everything you say we all have that moment when you have encountered jesus and i think the key piece is what you said is He's always been consistent with me, even when I wasn't. Even not wasn't when we're not. <laughs> right. Right. E- e- even when I didn't deserve it. Right. You said, I recommend Jesus. And I'm gonna say this. We're gonna pray and we're gonna get out. There was a moment in time where, you know, one of my stories coach in my testimony is God healed me from a brain aneurysm. 
And in this time, I never forget taking all the medicine, throwing it in a bag and throwing it in the trash. And I remember looking down at all of that medication that I used to just be on taking over and over and over. And much like any medication, you know, there's over-the-counter prescription that give you all this literature with prescription, right? And it says all these side effects, all these things. And you feel like, well, goodness, the cure is worse than the disease, right? right. Like all of these things. And I laugh because in that moment that he healed me, I recognized that the true saving healing power, the healer, I would never know that he was a healer if I wasn't sick. Amen. And so sometimes, and to whoever is listening, it may be you, it may be one person, I don't know, and I hope it reaches whoever God needs it to. The pain that we endure, the hard times that we go through, all of those things, sometimes, much like you were saying, we if we don't know pain, we also don't know deliverance. Right. If we don't know struggle and what it means to walk this world alone and try it our way, we won't have that surrendering spirit that you spoke about. And much like those prescriptions that I used to take with all of these side effects, I can assure you of this, they were not 100% foolproof. Mm. As you said, Jesus is, and you listed all of those things. What I do know is he's not indeed the thing that gives me this uh, pacifier or a Band-Aid. He was the cure. Mm. He didn't treat, he healed. Amen. And that's when I see him, when you, somebody asks me why, why, why Jesus, why? There's so many things I can say, you don't have all the time, but the simple thing, you can insert this in any way. People treat, pacify, but God heals. Amen. That's powerful. Coach, thank you so much. I Man, I'm sitting here, I know I'm full. I know my notepad full, my heart's full. I feel like I'm about, I could slice through a, the, the biggest state right now because I'm so sharp just from Amen. allowing him to use you, um, not just today, but every day in your program with everybody uh, that you touch. Uh, you know, if Hendrix wasn't one, let me tell you, I don't care where you are in 17 <laughs> years, she coming because that's the type of servant leadership, right? I don't care how much we know basketball. I don't care or insert sport. It's reaching and touching the hearts of those young women and those lives because they're God's children too. So I just want to thank you so, so much for coming on today and giving that word in this fourth quarter time to help us grow. Thank you. Like I said, I, I really appreciate it. Just I'm just asking for continued prayers for to walk for in sure. what walk in what God has called me to. And I'll, I'll be back here in the morning walking my laps and, and praying over Daniel 1 6. So it's really good. I will challenge everybody to go back and read it. And if we all have the the, the spirit of Daniel, then we can draw some people to Christ. Come on. Come on. Coach, you mind giving us a prayer to close out? I don't mind at all. All right, let's do it. Uh, Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for this time. Uh, God, we thank you for this opportunity, oh Lord God, to share in your word, Lord, to, to talk about the gospel. Uh, Father, we thank you, oh Lord, that you are a present God. Thank you for the listeners, oh Lord God, who tuned in. Uh, God, we thank you for everybody, oh Lord, that's going to have an opportunity to, to hear your word. God, not my word, Lord, but your word. Um, God, I thank you, oh Lord, that you have... Um, Lord, giving me a platform, God, that you have chosen to use me as an instrument. But Father God, I know that I am not the star and that you are the star, Lord. And it is my uh, my privilege, oh Lord God, to point people, oh Lord, to you. Uh, you are, oh Lord, the real star, the real answer. Uh, and I just pray, Father God, that this world will fall on, Lord, just good ground. 
um, that it will fall on God at a heart that's um, the soil, oh Lord God, has been tilled and it's been ready, oh Lord God, to receive you. Yes, I pray for an open heart. Uh, God, for those who are listening, um, just pray for an open heart, God, around the world. I pray, God, that you strengthen your servants, oh Lord, all around the country, all around the world. Um, God, that they will be on fire for you. Uh, God, have a spirit, oh Lord, God, of excellence. God, and to be faithful, oh Lord, in, in the small things, because there, there is, oh Lord, God, a great cloud of witnesses who are watching us. And God, just uh, continue, oh Lord, to have your hand upon this, this podcast. Lord, thank you for Chelsea. And God, just continue, oh Lord, God, to bless it. Lord, expand her territory, uh, God, so you can be shared more. Uh, God, all over the world. We just thank you, God, for everything you've done tonight. Thank God bless you, Lord, as it goes forth. God, let it fall on good ground. We ask you blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, coach. Amen. My favorite line of the podcast, servant leader Stephanie Murphy, you are now part of the servant leader family. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. For sure. I feel like with each passing individual and servant leader, this regime that God is building is just growing and growing and that front line is unbreakable and i thank you for joining the ranks coach so we're gonna be praying with you for you we're gonna be reading daniel six i know i'm about to add that to you know my time and and that in my devotion because that is right on time and anything you need from us all you got to do is reach out all right thank you i appreciate that have a good one for sure we thank you guys for listening we're gonna see you guys next time all right see you see you coach